Hello, Hit the Deck listener. Normally, at this point in the podcast here at the beginning, we would do a bombastic introduction of what we have on deck for the podcast. And and we do have something pretty cool for you. Uh, we have a great guest that we think you're going to enjoy. But if you paid attention to our Facebook page this week, then you know that the Hit the Deck family uh, suffered a, a pretty significant loss this week. And if you haven't, please go over to our Facebook page and check out the GoFundMe that we linked to. And if you have the means, please consider donating to that. It's a good cause. But right uh, here at the top of the podcast, we wanted to start out by just observing a moment of silence to remember the special person that was lost this week. So uh, let's do that now. Anthony, we're pulling for you, buddy. And uh, I guess with that being said, let's get started with the podcast. And the home of the brain. Welcome to episode 130 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey in sneakers. And this week, uh, as, as you heard, we have a guest, a, a very special guest here on the podcast who uh, we are, are very anxious to introduce to you. So I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi, and special guest with us tonight. Hey, I'm the goalie from the LIQ, Sean Early, number 20. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. We're happy to have you here, buddy. It's been I'm a while. happy to be here. I have wanted to get you on this podcast for a long time, actually. Oh, well, finally made it. Welcome, welcome. All right, Sean, and, and we will talk to you momentarily. Don't you worry. We will not forget about you. First, I would like to talk a little bit about who Sean is for you, the listener, who, who doesn't necessarily know if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast or a, a, well, maybe you don't have to be that long a time, but the let's say the near past, you may have heard us mention Sean's name from time to time. He is my opposite number in the LIQ. He is the the other full-time goalie that we have, and uh, he is quite good at what he does. I, I, I don't know if my ego will allow me to truthfully call him the number one goalie in the LIQ because, you know, obviously I, I have my pride, but I would say that the numbers and the drafting that we've done in recent months would both bear that suggestion out. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Sean and and we will have the opportunity to talk to him shortly but before we really talk to him in depth James how are you well uh, I think you summed it up perfectly in that intro uh, how are you doing 
Uh, I'm okay. I mean, yeah, obviously, given given what has occurred in the last week since we recorded, I am not in a great place. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to be callous, but life does have to go on. So I, uh, while I am saddened, I am going to continue because I think that is our responsibility here on the pod to to carry on. We, you know, I think our primary job here is to entertain people. So I want to try to do that to the best of my ability. Sounds like a plan. And I think we have a good podcast tonight. And uh, yes, a very special guest, which I think everybody will enjoy. Yeah. Tragedy aside, James, uh, anything going on this week? Baseball opening day, I'm excited about that. That's fun. Major League Baseball's back. And uh, American Rhino, I heard that uh, you got back on the uh, winning side of the like you yeah i did i yes much to my delight uh, i had gone into this with a 12 game losing streak this past weekend and i wound up taking two out of three that we played that day so i was in mass earlier that day and i had prayed that i'd be able to play to the best of my ability and i i think that paid off i was told by a couple of people that i stood on my head that day and uh, yeah i'm pretty pleased with my performance so thank you god and uh you know here's hoping that it continues because it felt pretty good yes as a matter of fact speaking of uh, the opposite number mr sean early who everyone will meet later pardon for the corny unintentional pun there but uh he himself said that you stood on your head so that's quite a compliment when you get the other goalie um acknowledging that and uh, that just gives you an idea of how cool a guy sean is and and you are as well american rhino and that uh, you guys take your craft very seriously and your pride and all that but you do tap the stick when you see greatness yeah yeah sure i mean i think there's something in the goalie mindset that appreciates another goalie's performance uh i I believe the kids would say game recognize game (laughs) you know it's a it's a level of respect i think for for a a great performance on the other side not that you don't respect uh, the performance of you know your runners or skaters or what have you but given that the goalie is a somewhat smaller brotherhood or fraternity or or something, I don't know, slightly less patriarchal. The whole idea of camaraderie between goalies, I think, because it is such a small, uh, smaller group than hockey players at large, you know, you, you tend to want to pull for one another. So there is that. Yeah, it's especially too, which we'll get into as uh, you'll hear in a moment, that uh, just buying the equipment and maintaining the equipment is a whole thing in and on itself. Forget about trying to play the position, which I find impossible. So I don't know how any of you guys do it or gals. It's phenomenal. And yes, that that's true. And it is I think the most important position on the uh, on the ice or deck and good goalies are very hard to come by. So there is that as well, but that's really cool nonetheless that uh, even in the pro level where uh, the starting goalie or the backup goalie has a big game and um, whomever is on the other side is the first one to congratulate that other guy for doing a great job. So great teammates, what hockey is all about on all levels and really cool to hear. Good goalie, Miss Moley. <laughs> I, 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 James, I, I do want to just call you on something here. The fact that you said that you could never do it, that it's like impossible, 
as I recall, you tried it once many, many years ago. So the fact that you're not willing to try it does not necessarily mean that you're not able to do it. As you heard when we talked to Kevin Frost, it is possible for a defenseman to make the transition to goalie. Oh, yes, for an athlete, but not for me. I'm just speaking for myself there. I don't know if there's anybody listening out there, any youngster thinking about taking up the goalie position. Don't listen to your Uncle James. I'm just speaking for myself and my lack of talent and uh, and lousy body that God has blessed me with. But personally, I don't know how you guys do it. I, yes, I did try it once. And I'll never try it again. And and with that, I will never, ever criticize a goalie, no matter what. All right. I'm, I'll, I'm willing to move off of this, save for this last comment. James, you are willing to, you, you embrace the idea of sliding around on the concrete to put yourself in front of slap shots. You're most of the way there already, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's easy to dive and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of used to that from being a baseball fan all my life and playing uh, recreationally and all that. But uh, having to tell your limb, like let's say there's a shot coming up on your glove side and you, you are to tell your left hand to make that stop in Lord knows how fast a time that is. Or if there's a shot coming to your right leg and you are to stick out that right leg to stop the puck. I don't know how you guys do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm too stupid. At least you guys have equipment to protect yourselves with. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment, whatever the case is. But, uh, yeah, I, that, that's the difficult thing is, is having four limbs and using them in different ways. I don't know how to play drums either, so I don't know how anybody plays the drums. A lot of that stuff is muscle memory, not not the drums, the goalie. Although maybe yeah. the drums are also muscle memory. I don't know. The only time I ever played drums was in rock band. Well, no, no, that's not true. I briefly played, well, played is generous. I briefly tried to learn drums in drum and bugle corps way back in like fifth or sixth grade, I think. Uh, That didn't work out so well. Uh, I wasn't good at that. Otherwise, I've played in rock band and not great at that either. But um, yeah, so point being, actually, I don't really have a point here. Uh, Drums and goalie are not necessarily linked. Although I understand your point about the coordination. Well, see, there you go. There's an example. I've blocked too many shots with my stupid head. So (laughs) there's something else for you kids to worry about. Wear a helmet. Yeah, helmets are important. Like head health is uh, just going to take a minute here on hit the deck and 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 get serious for a minute and and reinforce the importance of head health. You don't want to mess up your head. You only get one and (laughs) you're going to need it for the rest of your life. So Kids, make sure you wear those helmets. The more you know. I don't know. Anyway, one thing I do know, James, is that we have a very packed and entertaining podcast for the listener here. So is there any other witty banter that you think we need to engage in or should we get started? Well, that's the best I could come up with. So, yeah, I think we should get started. All right. Well, then uh, the banter portion of the podcast, I declare officially finished and we shall move on to the podcast portion of the podcast uh, and in in possibly record time. So, James, would you mind telling us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be happy to. Thank you kindly. Speaking of record time, by the way. Getting to know Q! No, not that troublemaker from Star Trek The Next Generation, but a member of our own LIQ Deck League. Get to know Mr. Sean early and learn why he is such an incredible teammate. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome. Short and sweet. Well, maybe not so short, but 
pretty sweet. I think you'll agree by the time we're done. But to quote Mr. LeVar Burton, you don't have to take my word for it because we have Mr. Sean Early here to fill us in on everything that is Sean hockey related. So you don't want to hear it from my mouth. You want to hear it from his. So, Sean, here we are. And uh, let's, you know, let's get going with this interview. Yes, sir. Uh, as the listener will find out very soon that uh, Mr. Early is one of the coolest, most generous people that we know. And it's an honor to have him in the LIQ and in other leagues, too, by the way, which hopefully we'll bring up during this uh, sit down with the great goalie that he is. All right. So, uh, Sean, uh, I, you know, I guess I guess we should officially welcome you to hit the deck here, uh, you know, as 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 hosts. It would be rude of us not to do so. So uh, on behalf of James and myself, welcome to hit the deck. Thank you. Thank you. I've been a, a listener myself, and that's actually how I uh, got into the LIQ was hit the deck. So good to be here. Finally on the air. Awesome. That's really cool to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do a little pretending feigning of ignorance here. So, you know, just uh, to, to kind of draw some answers out of you for the for the sake of the listener. That's how the interview process works when you're in the in the biz like, uh, you know, the, the radio game, like James and I, when, when you've been doing this as long as we have, which is not that long, honestly. Professionals. Yes. So, to the, to the <laughs> yeah. end. All right. Anyway. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that story about the uh, LIQ and whatnot, that's, that's actually a good jumping off point, I suppose. So, obviously, you had an interest in deck hockey since you listened to the podcast, uh, you know, at least... I would hope that's, you know, the appeal that we have, uh, our target audience out there. So uh, I guess the first question, Sean, is when did you start playing deck hockey? Oh, that was just around this time last year. It was just about a year. It was my anniversary. Um, but uh, before that, about four years before that, you know, I picked up like a stick and a, and a goal and started slapping around in my driveway. I had nobody to play with. So, you know, finally in my older years, I'm 31 and uh, I've never played hockey before. And... Um, I just decided, like, I want to play. I loved watching it. I was a big fan when I was a kid, and it was always my sport. But, uh, you know, your parents always make you play what they want you to play, you know. So I, I was basketball and baseball, but I always had a special place for hockey, and I never got to play. So uh, I had, like, a, uh, like, I don't know, like an awakening or something, whatever you call it, and uh, I was 31. I said, look, if I'm, if I'm going to try this, if I want to play, I'm going to play now. And uh, I just started doing some research, and I found a wonderful group of guys to play with. I really did. And it, it's uh, been the best year of my life so far. Awesome. Well, Sean, actually, that's – so here here uh, is an interesting thing about you that, you know, the guys, the group of guys that you found that the listener may not realize. I mean, we've mentioned you on the podcast before, so maybe some of them made the connection. But for the listeners who haven't, where do you live? Where Where are you traveling from to play in the LIQ? Well, um, the LIQ plays in Queens, and um, I play in a different county, in Suffolk County, all the way out in Riverhead. So it's about an hour and 20-minute drive for me on the interstate, and, uh, you know, I, I huff it every weekend for these guys. And in, in just, again, we'll get into this a little more later, but just to give the listeners an idea, in what state are you driving on that interstate? In your car. Oh, oh boy. Oh, well, let's just say I, you can't see in it and you can't see out of it. Um, <laughs> from floor to ceiling, I, I have a little Camry, and it's got two goals on the roof on a rack, which I put on every every morning. 
And uh, then it's got boxes that we use for the boards all throughout the car. And then, I, of course, I'm a goalie, so I have my huge goalie bag and all my goalie equipment. And then I also have my own sticks and extra sticks and water for everybody, um, all kinds of stuff. Whatever, whatever the team needs is in my car. <laughs> yeah, so that must be quite a sight. And it just gives you an idea of the dedication of Sean uh, to the league and you know how, how much he's thrown himself into this whole thing. Uh, Sean, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm going to backtrack for a minute. You said that you had decided to buy some equipment and just kind of play in your driveway. Why did you decide not to? I mean, I think most people who grow up watching hockey would normally kind of gravitate towards ice hockey. Did you ever have an intention of starting with ice hockey or was your intention always to kind of start playing uh, street hockey or, or deck hockey or, you know, hockey and sneakers, as we like to say here on the podcast? Oh, that's an interesting question. So my experience with hockey started originally with rollerblades um, on a basketball court. And there was a rink nearby, but it was always taken up by the older kids. And, you know, we were we were a little younger, so we had to find our own way. And it started with like some roller hockey with like these little light, very light pucks. I never really played with a ball. And then when it got icy out, you know, we couldn't wear the rollerblades. So you could slide on the sneakers, you know, and as long as you weren't on the ice to fall, you, you would eventually hit the concrete and stop sliding. So we would put the skates up and start playing in our sneakers. And uh, boy, I was only about 10 or 11 at that time. And I really enjoyed it. And yeah, just ice never, never felt in the cards for me. You know, growing up, I just wasn't wealthy. There wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a rink nearby. I didn't even know that a such thing existed, to be honest. I thought, you know, only the pros and and that kind of thing played ice. I didn't know there was youth ice leagues. And even if there was, you know, I, I wouldn't have been available to play in it. But I'm very happy playing deck on uh, sneakers. It, it's, it's very fun and it's very good exercise. Have you always lived in Riverhead or did you start out in another state or another area? Oh, no. Actually, I'm born and raised in New Jersey in a place called Monmouth County. And then I moved down to Florida for a few years. And then when I met my wife, that's what actually brought me to New York. So I've only been in New York. Um, it was, a, uh, yeah, she says about five years, but uh, I think it's been a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Sean. I've learned to defer to the wife on these things. <laughs> yeah, they probably know better. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. All great uh, hotbeds of hockey, too, by the way. Florida with uh, you know, a couple teams down there, and then Jersey, obviously, with, with the Devils, and you know the Islanders rule Long Island, so uh, that's pretty interesting. But out of curiosity, any reason why you chose your primary position as goalie? Yeah, I mean, goalie's it. You know, I, I love it. It's, uh, it fits my mentality. I'm there, you know, I, I picture that the goalie, you know, it's only a one-person position, so and you're out there the whole game. I feel like it's a natural leadership position. You're the back line of your team. You're you're the one that needs to keep your team motivated and in line and and um, you know communicative and you know you're the one out there kind of like the quarterback in a way in in, in football where you know you, you do a lot. Goalies do a lot for their team that people don't realize or, or they don't get credit for. You know, I'm, I'm always rooting my team on, and it means a lot to me when I make saves, and it means a lot to me when my team scores. So I, I love the position. I love the leadership role. And growing up, I always um, idolized the guys in pads. I love the pads, obviously. They're, so, they're always so uh, 
nice looking and design and colorful and then you got the masks and they're all have their own designs and stuff on the masks and the equipment was always so cool and the position itself like the uh the act of of stopping the puck and and blocking the shot and being a defensive position um i just really enjoy the goalie position yeah awesome i mean i've always said it takes a special kind of crazy to uh to want to have people shoot stuff at you regularly and embrace that you know personally i kind of i don't really like the idea of being a team leader just because i i don't see my, you know it's not a role that i seek out but i agree with you that the goalie does set an example uh, for everybody else and so that's a you know a perfectly legitimate reason to to be drawn to that position and and the fact that you seem to embrace it is pretty cool yeah yeah thanks were you and again uh getting back to your roots were you a little bit too young for the john van Breesbrook era in with the florida panthers because obviously he was a ranger a goalie and then because of the uh, expansion and stuff the panthers ended up getting themselves a first class excellent goalie and of course that's because the rangers had their own excellent goalie in number 35 mike richter and he was known for his great masks too i'm just curious were you into hockey back then or did did you know about beezer at all or was that an influence on you well beezer doesn't ring a bell but i i did watch my prime time of watching hockey was in the 90s there and i remember richter and uh you know my favorite goalie was obviously um patrick wah i play his butterfly style and he's the one that I watched a lot. And then I like Martin Brodeur. You know, he's a great. I also use a couple of his moves here and there. You can see it in me, in my game. But no, like, those are the, probably the three main goalies I, I watched there in the 90s that really influenced me. Well, Sean, you've lived, uh, you said you were born in Jersey. You lived in Florida. You're out in Riverhead now. You play hockey here, uh, technically in New York City, just. But it's there. What hockey team do you root for? What do you, who who do you like to watch? Oh, that's that's a good one right here on my shirt today. <laughs> yeah, the Colorado Avalanche. Of um, course, I loved their team in the in the nineties. <laughs> Once I got Patrick Waugh, I absolutely loved watching him. He was obviously he was all over the TV and the announcers, but just his butterfly style and the way he stopped the puck and his his determination to stop the puck. He just would not stop on the play and. Oh, man, I love those years. And then they had Sackick and Forsberg and Adam Foote. And, oh, man, I remember that team. That's how special it was to me. So have you always been drawn to the goalie even before you decided you want to start playing? Yes, yes. <laughs> Funny as, as it is, we have video games now. They're actually quite realistic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I used to play a lot of NHL, what was it, 9, 10, 11, 12, and all of them. And uh, they had this game mode on there where you could be one player. So mm-hmm. I was naturally the goalie. And then we would have a six on six with real people. And everyone would have their position. And I was goalie. And that was my first real experience of controlling myself in the net. And uh, I did very well. I did very good at that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it just went from there. And between playing that and watching hockey all the time, I just really wanted to try it. And I put my mind to it and I did. It's funny. I had a similar experience with the video games, not initially when I started playing the NHL games, but later when I picked up some of the NHL games, the EA, I also kind of gravitated towards the goalie position. I was not good controlling <laughs> the goalie. I, I just, I, I always seem to be out of position and I, I would inadvertently, you know, when I 
wanted to pass to a teammate, I would like put it right on somebody else's stick. Actually, come to think of it, that's reasonably reflective of my actual goalie game when I'm trying to <laughs> pass the puck to a teammate and put it on somebody's stick by mistake. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, life imitates art. Okay. No, but that that's awesome. That's, you know, I don't know that there are a lot of people who, you know, at, at least in the goalie position, who gravitated to it in part because they played goalie in a video game. Yeah. No, I mean, well, that was the deciding factor that I wanted to do it in real life. You know, like watching hockey growing up, I always would watch the goalie. And when I went to a game, I would always, the play would be going on and I'd be watching the goalie movement. And I'd be so amazed that it's flexibility. And that's another strength of mine. I have the flexibility and I can really do like the butterflies, like a real goalie. And, you know, I'm, I didn't think I would, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be able to do that, but I've trained myself and my, my joints and my bones and, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to. No, man, I can vouch for that. I mean, I, if, last week we mentioned on the podcast that the LIQ had a YouTube channel now and we've posted the games the last couple of weeks or some of them anyway up on there. And if you watch that, you know, you can see Sean can really move around that crease. He's he's very quick and, and very agile. So, uh, yeah, you know, that work paid off, man. You you definitely you definitely cover the ground in there. Yep, yep. That's, I appreciate that, Gary. Yeah, I play that butterfly style, and it's hard on the on the ground, you know, when you're not on the ice. It's deck hockey or even street hockey. In our case, it's even worse. You can't slide around. Once you're down, it's all your hip and leg and knee strength to get you moving around, and, you know, you, you got to strengthen yourself up for that kind of stuff. And the other thing, too, is that you and Gary use legitimate goalie pads, too. It's not like those, um, you know, quote-unquote, garbage Milek, you know, the the uh, the old ball hockey style where they look like, you know, a couple of black pieces of coal or something. And they always cracked and weren't very protective either. But yeah, I mean, that, that just has to make it that much harder. And as an outsider, as a, a non-goalie, we guys really appreciate what you do. And speaking of your, you're saying that it, it meets your personality that's another thing, too, that I found fascinating about Gary and, and for you as well, how generous you guys are, because goalie equipment is extremely expensive and you need you can't get away with, OK, uh, like we have some players who are runners that maybe they don't buy shin guards or they don't have shoulder pads or elbow pads and they borrow somebody else's stick. As a goalie, you need everything. So you can't cheat or else you're going to pay the price for it. So that's just another thing that we really appreciate and something that we don't take for granted. And we're just so happy that you found the LIQ and, and you fit in so quickly. And um, as Gary said, for the listener out there, if you want to see these two fine goalies in action, please go check out the YouTube channel. You know, James, it's funny. And uh, Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I guess the kids would say blow up your spot a, a little bit here. I apologize. But back when Sean first started playing with us, like he said about a year ago, uh, he kind of messaged me on the side and said, hey, uh, what do you think of these Milek pads I found? They're pretty cheap and they're, they're made for street hockey. I, was like, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that's how little I knew at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sean's, I, Sean has, I'll let him talk about it, but Sean has more than made up for that lack of initial pad knowledge. He's, uh, he's gone a little crazy and, and I will let Sean tell us about how crazy exactly that was. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of goalie gear. Yeah. I mean, for, for one, they estimated it to be 40 pounds on us between the, 
know, the, the leg pads, the chest protector, the mask, the blocker, and the and then you got the big old stick to go with it. So it's a, quite a haul, and it's a lot of equipment. Like you said, a little more than a player would need, especially for deck hockey and especially for casual play, where you really just need a stick. Everything else is optional. You know, as as much protection as you want, you can have. But yeah, like on goalie equipment, you can't you can't skimp because uh, it's not going to be protective. You know, you're the guy that's taken the. the Pucks, you're the guy that's could get hurt, uh, injured in any way. You know, people will whack at you when you try to cover it. You know, you have to be protective. You can't buy, you know, some of this recreational gear that they have out there. Not only is it not going to last, but it might not protect you all the way. You know, so you gotta you gotta get some good stuff. And I, I wound up starting with like a roller hockey set, and I'm still using most of it. The chest protector is absolutely great. It's comfortable. It's tour and i'm still using the tour um blocker and glove and uh but i actually switched my leg pads recently Uh, yeah like gary said i went a little crazy Mm -hmm. and uh i wanted to up my performance because i realized that these pads that i was wearing were not the correct size i could use a little inch or two on my thighs because i was letting a lot of five hole goals in so just to um, just sorry just to interrupt you for a second because the listener probably doesn't realize Sean's a tall guy. So, you know, he, you know, he probably needs a a couple of extra inches more than maybe your average goalie. So that's, that's what he's talking about there. Yeah. You know, like pads are when you buy like the, the recreational pads, they really only come in, in one size, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, one size fits none, I believe is what it says (laughs) on the box. Yeah. They're either too big or too small for you and they're always uncomfortable. So I, I opted to again be like be like the pros. I happen to like uh, CCM gear and, and Carey Price and his goaltending performance this year, especially, has been phenomenal. And I watch him a lot. And so um, I actually went and got myself the same exact pads that uh, Carey Price wears, and uh, I actually got them used because they are outrageously priced. Uh, brand new but i am psyched about it because they have upped my game tremendously these these pads made a huge difference on my game and you know now they don't rub so bad on the street there we still have to tape them up and stuff and but they're holding up very well so my my advice on on the, the equipment is you know do a little research first and uh, don't buy the cheapest stuff know what you're buying first take your time with it and uh you'll make a better purchase because these pads that I have right now, I just started using them probably about a month now, and I have noticed my butterfly is pretty darn good, a lot better than it was. Yeah, well, just the listeners of recent episodes will remember that I had uh, at one point a 12-game losing streak, <laughs> and Sean was my opposite number in all of those games. So now, uh, you know, maybe I look a little better in comparison <laughs> than I might have otherwise, given the circumstances. But uh, Sean, those carry price pads, if I'm not mistaken, are not the only pads that you own, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. I actually have, let's see, one, two, five, five sets of leg pads right now. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Three gloves, three blockers, three sticks, two masks, one chest protector so far, because I love my chest protector. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I have an arsenal of uh, weaponry now, and my original thing was because I I didn't know, you know, now I'm starting to play in multiple leagues, so I didn't know if I would need, you know, one to beat up on the street hockey league, and then one to keep a little nicer on the deck league, or one to use indoors, or one to use outdoors, you know. So um, I went a little crazy and found some some good uh, used gear on sale, and 
it's quality equipment and I, I treated myself and now I have storage up to the ceiling with uh, my goalie equipment. Yeah, and the website that Sean used to get this gear and that I use to get my current pads is sidelineswap.com. I was hip to that site by previous Hit the Deck guest, Tony Bonner, who was a, another goalie that we had who was uh, much more experienced than myself and schooled me in, in some of the finer arts of you know, goalieing, I guess. Uh, so much, So much yet to learn. <laughs> Miles to go before I sleep. Uh, but this isn't about Tony. This is about you, Sean. So, uh, all right. Now we kind of delved in this before, but, uh, yeah, you know, if you wouldn't mind, Sean, uh, how did you find out about the LIQ, which, which you did mention before, but, um, like you were saying, the research you put into finding goalie equipment and you're a smart guy too, and, and you do your homework and it's really showed, but if you wouldn't mind telling the listener how you went about finding the LIQ and joining our league, which we're so happy that you did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the way I see it, you know, we're in 2019 here and technology rules our world. We have everything we need online. We can date, we can make friends, we can find people. And that's exactly what I tried to do. I tried to find people online. And, you know, I was just Googling, you know, hockey in my area, hockey in New York, hockey in here, hockey there. And of course, I found all the big names you know, but you got to sort through the big names because you, you find all the leagues and stuff. But I didn't necessarily want to play in a league just yet. I wanted to see if there was a group of people around me who did something like this. You know, I had no idea, but I know it was growing. And same thing, I typed it into YouTube and I started finding people all over the place who played like casual street hockey on the weekends as pickup groups. And, you know, I, I looked and I found and that's the main thing is that it, the LIQ had the resources I was looking for. So first I found the website. That was wonderful. It set all the rules. It had pictures of the guys. It was like, man, these guys look awesome. Like, I think I'd fit in. And then uh, I found the, the YouTube. And then there was actual videos of you got, of them playing the LIQ. And I was just psyched. And I was like, I got to get in with these guys. And I reached out and tried to contact multiple ways. And all of a sudden I was in and bam. And like I said, it's been the, the greatest year of my life so far finding this group. Yeah, fantastic. Like you said, you fit in perfectly, and we're so happy to have you. And it, it's, you know, I'm I'm sorry I haven't played much in the last year myself, but I had had the pleasure of playing against Sean in the past. And uh, yeah, he's he's as good as advertised. And again, you don't believe us? Watch for yourselves on the YouTube channel. So yeah, so happy. And 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 again, that's the credit to the guys of the LIQ too. I believe that Brad was the one that started the website. Absolutely. Gary. Yep. And so that's exactly what he started it for, for get guys and gals like you, Sean, out there. And, and, and it has attracted some new players over the years. And I think the league has gotten much, much better. The play has gotten much, much better. And, and Gary recording it and putting the scoreboard up and all that stuff has made it a lot more fun too, even with the timed periods and so on and so forth. So really cool. And that, there's a perfect example of what Sean just said. That's what it's all about. It's about camaraderie, having fun, everybody with the same attitude, no egos, which is great. And well. um, it just works out fine that way. Yeah, man. Awesome. And there's just too much Sean to be contained in just one podcast, I think. Bursting at the seams with early. So I think it would be a great thing, Sean, if you would come back next week and we can finish this thing properly. You know, we have a I think we have a real goalie duel here going on the podcast between me and Sean. And let's let's draw that out for another week. So, you know, you don't you never want to 
blow your wad all in one place. You know, you want to spread that out and, and really just maximize, maximize the, the entertainment potential, assuming that's what this is. So I don't know. Anyway, as you heard at the top of the podcast, that is our only, you know, proper topic for this podcast. But obviously there is one topic that we always have here on the podcast and we would not dream of shortchanging you this week because we have quite a bit to inform you about. So strap in for this week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. Oh, James. Oh, I, I know. I know that we started off this podcast on a somber note, but I'm going to balance the scales for you right now because I, I think by the end of this, you're going to enjoy this week in Gritty. So let me let me fill you in on Gritty's busy, busy week. And honestly, a lot of it has been just in the last couple of days. You know, he's he's backloaded this week, <laughs> which is fine. But maybe he knew we needed some cheering up. Yeah, that that's possible that, you know, he's good like that. So I want to start off this week in Gritty with a quick Gritty rebound shot. I think this may be our first Gritty rebound shot. So, uh, you know, I, I actually have a couple of them, as it turns out. You know, when it rains, it pours, James. But uh, so the first thing I want to talk about, a, a number of weeks ago, you may recall on This Week in Gritty, I mentioned that the National Bobblehead Museum and Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame and Museum, whatever it was. It was a silly name. Anyway, th I mentioned that they were selling a number of gritty bobbleheads, one of which, well, two of which, but one of them was super limited edition. But the regular three-foot gritty bobblehead that they were selling, it, three foot, they were selling a three-foot tall gritty bobblehead. And I, you know, commented on how that thing would be terrifying to have in your home, and I can't imagine who would pay money for something like that. Well, what I should have tried to imagine and failed, I would have failed miserably, was to try and imagine how much money one would be willing to pay for that. Because, James, this thing is officially for sale, and I have seen the price tag attached to this. James, how much would you pay for a three-foot-tall, gritty bobblehead? Um... With shipping including, I would pay... I'm, I'm not talking about of... shipping. I didn't oh, look okay. up the shipping. I'm just straight up price, shelf price for this bobblehead. Uh, I think they'd have to pay me for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I would pay for. Say you're a Psycho Flyers fan. Okay. How much would you be willing to pay for a three-foot-tall, gritty bobblehead? All right. I'll try and... Um... Uh, let's see. Don't give uh, me, don't, don't prices right me, James. I don't want to hear one dollar. Yeah, I want a real answer. <laughs> Um, okay. I will guess, and this is an honest to goodness guess, it would probably be in the hundreds. Ballpark, how many hundreds? Um, I'd say a hundred a foot. A hundred per foot? So we're talking $300? Yeah. Roughly? Uh-huh. James, you lack imagination. Oh, goodness. What if I told you that these three-foot-tall gritty bobbleheads are being sold to these hapless Flyers fans who don't know any better for no less than $850 per gritty. 
No way. You could construct your own gritty costume and hang it on a mannequin in your living room for less. I thought 300 was outrageous. I think Eight- everything gritty does is outrageous. $850 for a monstrosity? Yeah, for Holy half a monstrosity. Good golly. $850. Oh, no. How many... How many Flyers games could you go and be traumatized at for $850? Even if we're this three-foot Stanley Cup, that'd be too much money. I imagine you could hire Gritty for your birthday party or bar mitzvah for less than that. Yeah, oh, definitely. I I think he'd probably take care of your whole family for that for the rest of your lives. I mean... The, the physical and psychological damage that he would do during that stretch, notwithstanding. I mean, that's an expense all on its own. But, but yes, just, just for the appearance fee, I imagine would be less than, than $850. That is, that is a bigger nightmare than the three-foot gritty itself. It's extortion, and he's not even the one charging it. Oh, boy. People are gouging at Gritty's, uh, you know, for, on Gritty's behalf. Uh, or not even they're 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 getting fat off of the gritty teat. <laughs> I I'm really and this is bad for a podcast. I'm speechless. I, I cannot believe that 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 is wrong on so many ways. It's uh, wow. Yeah. Well, there you are. <laughs> the such such is such is the uh, gritty industrial complex that the world has become even if you were a a flyer season ticket holder for all 40 plus home games playoffs too and they threw that in as as an incentive to buy into all that i still wouldn't accept three foot bobblehead gritty but 850 dollars oh goodness gracious yep well okay so you you marinate in that for a little while. I have another gritty rebound shot. This one is much more recent. Last week we talked about Gritty's March Madness bracket, which included, you know, such crazy things as as ridiculous nicknames for teams and a proposition of Kim Kardashian. Well, I I guess the tournament does not go well for Gritwald because his bracket was busted and he demonstrated that at a Flyers game by channeling his inner King Solomon and actually busting a bracket in half with a hockey stick. Well, he actually took it seriously. He, he really was going with that bracket. I guess. He should have hit himself over the head while he was at it. You know what? Stick. I'll say this about Gritty. He commits. Uh, yeah, that's true. Gritty commits to the bit. All right. So Gotta uh, give credit where it's due. Basketball, James, is not the only sport that Gritty is interested in outside of hockey. And yesterday, as we record, I believe it was yesterday, he showed some solidarity with the other Philadelphia area mascots. And they all decided to go to Citizens Bank Park, where the Philadelphia Phillies play ball, and tailgate in support of their their fellow mascot, the Philly Fanatic. And uh, so they were kicking back in the parking lot with coolers and one presumes a barbecue of some sort. And they even played wiffle ball. Oh, cool. All right. And uh, Gritty actually got nailed in the rundown at one point. <laughs> so I, I figure you'll enjoy that. Yeah, I got to check that out. I'm, he didn't bring out any of his hockey moves. He didn't hip check anybody or I mean, trip somebody. I didn't see any. That doesn't mean oh. he didn't do it. It just means that it wasn't made public. Gotcha. Fair enough. 
So we're actually going to stay at Citizens Bank Park for this week in Gritty. And today, uh, which is opening day for most of MLB uh, as we record, today, the brand new Phillies acquisition, Bryce Harper, who uh, came, you know, on a large contract previously from the Washington Nationals. So today he made his first official appearance at Citizens Bank Park uh, for a game. He showed up on his first day in, in, you know, I guess he's embraced the culture there. You know, dove in head first. He's not just about the money because he showed up at the park wearing a T-shirt that featured Gritty and the Philly Fanatic in the style of Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Oh, gosh. It's like Gritty and the Fanatic in, in suits and ties pointing guns like, you know, Tarantino-esque. Yeah, well, my only suggestion would be if they pointed those guns at each other. I don't know that that's strictly in the spirit of the uh, of the film there, James. No, no. Uh, yeah, that, that's a very bloody and, and nasty movie, but um, it fits gritty well. I'm surprised at the Philadelphia fanatic, but good for Mr. Harper for endearing himself to justify that contract. Yeah, well, James, somebody who endears himself to us Mets fans on a regular basis and has a history with mascots. You may know him as the God of Thunder, Mr. Noah Syndergaard, AKA Thor, who uh, is, is, you know, so named because of his tall Nordic stature and his long flowing blonde hair. And the fact that he can seemingly hurl lightning from his arm when he throws a fastball, he has a bit of a history with our own mascot, Mr. Met, they they don't really get along, but uh, apparently his ire is not limited to Mr. Met because he, while stuck waiting on the tarmac for his flight, uh, the Mets had a game in Syracuse and their flight was delayed. So he decided to do an impromptu Q&A on Twitter. And so among the questions that he was asked was uh, for his thoughts on Gritty. And his answer was short and sweet and Perfectly appropriate for this segment. Noah Syndergaard's thoughts on Gritty is that, quote, he sucks. I love I love Noah Syndergaard yep. beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And yes, speaking of having a rivalry with Mr. Met, he's, he's really gotten the better of the Philly Fanatic more than once, including stealing the Philly Fanatic's uh, 4x4 there, the, uh, the off-roader. Yeah, his ATV. Yes. yes, thank you. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Thor, for brightening our day. it really is fantastic a true hero Mm -hmm. but james would you believe that that is not the best gritty related thing that happened this week wow no james i i saved the best for last i'm gonna take you through this this beautiful segment moment by moment because it deserves no less so picture if you will, the Flyers, Wells Fargo Center, where they play intermission, and they have their Mites on Ice game, which they play at intermission. And as you know from listening to recent segments of This Week in Gritty, he tends to be out there amongst the children as they're playing, which is a terrible idea if you ask me, but nobody asked me, so this is how it is. But, you know, he, he tends to bring his own brand of chaos to the proceedings. So... I didn't see exactly how this happened because all the videos that I saw of it started after the proceedings had already been initiated. But 
this is what happened. So the mites are out for a game. They're they're in in game res. I don't know what game is in Latin, but whatever. You you get the point. There's a game going on. So somehow or other, the the one of the mite goalies winds up out of his crease. He he winds up out of his net, and gritty is on the other side of the ice, taunting him, holding his own catching glove. So Gritty has stolen the child's catching glove and he is waving it at him to taunt him. So as the child skates over to approach Gritty, presumably to reclaim his expensive catching glove, because as we know from talking to Sean, goalie gear is not cheap. As the child approaches Gritty, Gritty flings the glove up over his head and into the stands. So, you know, the child is not pleased with that. So the child, and mind you, the game is still going on. I guess they're at the other end of the ice while this is happening. The child starts charging after Gritty, swinging his goalie stick at him. Good boy. (laughs) He chases him up and down the ice and eventually catches him and starts whacking him with his goalie (laughs) stick. Now, just for the record, neither James nor I condone hitting somebody with a hockey stick, goalie or otherwise. That's not cool. You shouldn't do it. But I think some might argue that this child was justified in doing this, uh, given, given Gritty's antics. But... Gritty, you know, first first he's kind of recoils. Clearly it hurts because he's getting whacked with a hockey stick, suit or no suit. And so first he kind of recoils and, and tries to, you know, get away a little bit. But then he remembers that the child is literally half his size and he grabs the hockey stick as the kid is swinging at him. And they have kind of a stare down for a few seconds, at which point Gritty wrenches the hockey stick out of the child's hand and throws that into the stands. Oh, come on, really? Yes. So, and then not only does the the orange lunatic do that, but he pours salt on the wound immediately after he launches the, the stick into the stands. He does that weird belly grind pelvic thing at the child and then puts out his hand karate style as if to say bring it on i know james i know james but remember that it is always darkest before the dawn the child's reaction to this is my favorite part of this whole thing he stares at gritty for a second then he throws down his his well i guess blocker is all he right. has left because Gritty already saw. He throws down his his gear and charges at Gritty and starts throwing punches at him. Good boy, good boy. Uh, at which point Gritty uh, Gritty picks the kid up and throws him over his shoulder like fireman carry style and starts to carry him off the ice. But as the child is being hauled off the ice, he's not done fighting. He's still like with his right arm clawing and tearing and whacking at Gritty's face and beard to try and get purchased. So, uh, you know, I don't know if the kid ever got his gear back. I would sincerely hope that he did. But, you know, uh, that that is one young, I'm assuming, young man. I, I shouldn't assume, but, you know... Given his natural tendencies towards aggression, <laughs> I, it stands to reason. But, you know, I won't assume. I, I applaud that young person's tenacity and willingness to, to stand up to Gritty, the Gritty menace. 
that we have decried so many times here on the podcast. Good for you, child. Good for you. Yes, absolutely. And if, even if that were staged, that he was going to throw the equipment into the stands and pretend to fight a little boy or a girl, whatever it was, and, and blah, blah, blah. I think that's in bad taste. But if that's real, that he really actually did that to a young player and and threw, and as you said, those blockers are expensive. Goalie equipment is very personal, too. There was a game going on that if this young person had the opportunity of fulfilling a dream and then having it ruined by a big, stupid character, and, and then, then he... Gritty takes the stick and throws that into the stands. Lord knows if that would have hit somebody or hurt somebody in the stands too. Not only are you stealing from someone, but you are double whammying and lawsuits abound. Really, if, if this was staged, it was a stupid idea. And if it weren't staged, then stop Gritty now because that that is, I can't believe what you just described. Uh, it, it, would have, it would have ended with just throwing the blocker or the, the catcher glove in the stands. Uh, ordinarily but then it just escalated and got worse and worse and worse i don't wow. think i don't think i mean i don't know who this kid is but i doubt that they're that good of an actor i suspect this whole thing was legit that is that is really truly frightening and if i'm the parents of that young child yeah the flyers uh and and i guess the nhl too you just got to make as much a stink as you can but that is just irresponsible and and frightening Apparently, this is not the first time that one of these mites on ice has decided to try and fight Gritty. Apparently, there was another incident back in November where a child charged Gritty and started wailing on him. Wow. I don't know the circumstances behind that attack, but I'm sure it was warranted. Yeah, I, yeah I, the, the child is never at fault. <laughs> Just if Gritty is involved, the child is never at fault. Mm -hmm. And I hope there's a big burly father waiting in the wings to uh, take care of Gritty someday, soon. Uh-huh. Well, that, James, that has been This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And that's going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. So we we want to uh, we want to thank you for sticking with us. And, uh, you know, let's, let's just, let's end this thing in the usual way, yeah? Hit it, Pops. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you to Sean for being uh, here on the podcast as our guest. Sean, we invite you to come back next week and finish out the interview because I think you still have quite a bit of interesting things to say to us and we want to hear them. So, uh, you know, thank you for this and thank you in advance. And uh, thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. Anthony Sajazi for music. Thank you always to you for listening to us here on Hit the Deck. If it weren't for you, there would be no us. We would encourage you to subscribe to Hit the Deck here so you can, you know, get us every week when when we drop and, uh, you know, get, get, get on that. Get to be part of that Hit the Deck action. Uh, every week when it drops so you don't have to go looking for it and if you want to contact us in some way you can do so you can email us at hit the deck at gmail.com deck is d-e-k you can tweet at us at hit the deck pod you can get us on instagram or facebook as as uh sean i believe uh has as you know 
used Facebook quite extensively, both with us and with the LIQ. I think actually that's how he wound up reaching out to the LIQ. He, he found us on Facebook and said, hey, I want to play with you guys. So that's a little anecdotal uh, bit of backstage trivia or whatever. So, yeah, we want to hear from you is, is the, the point really here. So please feel free to reach out to us. And uh, as I, I said at the beginning, you can check out our Facebook page for that GoFundMe. And at least please look into it. Just, uh, just check it out and, and see, see if it's something you're interested in supporting. So all that being said, James, is there anything you'd care to add? Yes, thank you. Uh, follow Sean's lead again by checking out uh, places to play deck if you like. Uh, the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, and the VAR Hockey League, and of course our own LIQ. And yeah, um, thank you, uh, American Rhino, for that. And uh, Superfan Anthony, if you're listening, we're with you. You're in our thoughts and prayers, buddy. Yep, thank you, James. And so that, that'll do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. So I guess we will end in the traditional way. And that is to say that whether you're playing goalie in a video game or shooting around in your driveway, whether you are buying thousands of dollars worth of gear or throwing it away uh, on somebody else's behalf, regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to check my level. Stop talking. All right. <laughs> Hush up, you. <laughs>